One, two. The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison and Stephan, North Fifth Brewing Company, Threads of Envy, The Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. I thought I would grab veteran rock journalist Jeff Slate to talk about the amazing new music from the Beatles and Rolling Stones. You heard me, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. We'll talk about how the new and apparently final Beatles track happened, which in many ways was quite technical, and we'll also discuss the Rolling Stones' new album that does include the late great drummer Charlie Watts. Jeff Slate joins me now from his home in New York City. Hey, Jim. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Uh, I love talking music with you. I I recently heard the Beatles now and then, like everyone else. They're calling it the final Beatles song, and and my thoughts, at least, are that I love it. I 100% agree. You know, this is a song that John wrote in his Dakota apartment in 78 or 9, did one take on a boombox sitting on top of his piano, Through the wonders of modern technology, they were able to take out the traffic noise and the television in the background and even the sound of the piano, which was louder than his voice, and and just take out John's voice so that the Beatles could make a record around it, which they weren't able to do during their reunion sessions in 94 and 5. Get Back director Peter Jackson, he had somewhat of a hand in pulling John's voice from the original, didn't he? Yeah, I I mean, he, he developed this... Uh, machine learning technique that was able to take uh, a mono track, a track with a bunch of different sounds on it, and single out each individual item. Like you say, this is John Lennon's voice, this is George Harrison's guitar, this is, you know, coffee cups in the background, this is a, a you know, bass drum, and make them into individual sounds with nothing else on them. So when after they'd done that, he came to the Beatles and said, hey, do you want to use this for anything else? And they were they used it on the revolver box set last year to to strip out the bass and the drums and the guitar and yeah. you know people can look online for examples of that. Uh, and there's a great documentary about how they did it on the Beatles uh, YouTube channel and streaming service uh, that I wrote about for the Daily Beast. But you know once they were able to do that and and just have John's voice and make it sound like he recorded it on a really good microphone in the 1970s, then it was a different animal. Then they could build a song around it in the way any artist, let alone the Beatles, would be able to do that. And Paul McCartney, I think, to his credit, really put his all into it. I mean, you know, it was it was a song that John never really finished, and his, you know, his best friend finished it for him, you know, yeah. 50 years, 40 years later. And Paul added new bass track, and he called Ringo, and Ringo added some uh, some drums and it's really great and it, it was kind of uh, neat to see Sean Lennon talking about being a little kid and saying that yeah my dad was around a lot in the apartment but he was still working on music quite a bit back in those days yeah I mean he was John Lennon I mean we 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 think because he wasn't in the public eye from 75 to 1980 yeah. that he was only raising his son and and you know by all accounts that's what he was doing. But he, he was, John. you know, any of us who have ever picked up a guitar, that's what you do in your free time, because that's how you relax. And I'm sure it was, you know, particularly relaxing for John Lennon after a hard day baking bread and raising Sean <laughs> to pick up his acoustic guitar. And so what does he do? You know, he wrote Free as a Bird and Real Love and 
Now and Then and Grow Old With Me and all the songs on Milk and Honey and Double Fantasy and many, many more. You know, I think that's the cool thing. So when they were looking for songs for the anthology series, these were the songs that they they were given, and and they're they're you know they're beautiful, and it's it's John Lennon, and we get to hear him one more time. Uh, Jeff, we're also basking in the glow of the Rolling Stones' new album Hackney Diamonds. Two of the twelve tracks include the late Charlie Watts. Now that's enough for me to buy the album right there. But it's really great, isn't it? And I mean, Mick Jagger's voice—it's getting to some places that I didn't necessarily know he could get to anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's amazing. We're it's 2023, and I mean, we're setting the clocks back this weekend. And the crazy thing is, we must be setting them back 50 years. <laughs> we're talking the Beatles versus Stones, but. You know, look, I, I love the record. I, I was dubious when I heard Angry because it felt a little like maybe a mixed solo tune or, or, or like a 90s, 80s, 90s Stone song. The rest of the album, and, and, and it's grown on me, but the rest of the album, you know, what? there's 12 songs. God, six or eight of them are, are up there with the best Stone songs on any playlist you'd make. Yeah. How do they do that? I mean, how do these guys do that? I mean, they are that competitive. They are the Rolling Stones. We're talking about these bands 50, 60 years later for a reason. They are really, truly that great. But yes, to to to, to be able to pull off writing songs as at, that are up there with some of their best and deliver performances at their age that are up there with some of their best, you know, it blows my mind. It, it, and, and like you, it's really grown on me. I really love it. Uh, some great contributors here, too. Lady Gaga, Paul McCartney, Elton John, Stevie Wonder. And we've seen the clips of Lady Gaga performing on stage with the Stones. Ronnie Wood, I guess, said that he has confirmed the Stones will tour the States next year. That's what we're hearing. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think they, they had always planned that. I think that the difficulty for the Stones at this point is, you know, the, the logistics are difficult. They're they're eighty year old guys. You got to get insurance. They can't do, you know, they can't play clubs. They can't even play probably arenas anymore. They can only do stadiums. There's a lot that goes into a tour like that. And you know, at eighty years old, you can probably only play what every four or five days without driving yourself, you know, crazy. <laughs> so. Uh, no, I mean, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 56 and I just did a tour and I'm 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 pretty ragged still a week <laughs> later. So, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine getting up there night after night at 50 years old. But but look, however they manage it, they seem determined to get out there and play the, these songs live. And they've still got, I think, 10 or 11 songs in the can from these sessions. So wow. some with Charlie Watts on them and another with Paul McCartney on them. So you know what? Let's let's. Take not take it for granted that the Stones are getting out there. I'll be there at one of the shows. I bet you will too. Yeah. I think everybody else who's any shape or form of a Stones fan is going to want to see this tour because look how many how many more times are we going to get to see these guys? It's like the last Beatles song. Is it going to be the last Stones tour? Yeah, but I'm not going to take that chance. I saw them eh, maybe ten years ago, and it it's sure. right up there with the best. I've ever seen, yeah. and, that, and that includes The Clash, just so good. And they had gotten to the point where they were, because there were years where they were speeding up the songs, the original yeah. numbers, yeah. and it, it wasn't very appealing to my ears, 
but they slowed it yeah. down, and, and it was more like the original. It just sounded so good. I take it, I, I don't think any band can touch The Clash a lot, but if you didn't see them, it's hard to explain that to somebody. Uh-huh. They were a completely different experience. Yeah. However, yes, I agree with you, and I think, you know, they have gotten, they're, they're, you know, they take this very seriously. When I said they're competitive guys, I mean they want to be, you know, remembered as great artists not just as a brand and the tongue and a name and some hit songs. They want to be remembered as the greatest rock and roll band in the world, and that means being the greatest live rock and roll band in the world. And so they've really, I think you're right, upped their game in the last few years. And look, I love Charlie Watts. I I miss him dearly. The songs that he's not on, I, I can tell right away. I'm sure you and lots of fans can. Yeah. But live, Steve Jordan has an energy. I mean, he's a younger guy. He gives him a little kick in the pants that isn't terrible. I would rather it be Charlie Watts there, but if I can't have Charlie Watts, I'm okay with Steve Jordan. Yeah, you know, yeah. he'll do it, right? Uh, well said. Um, I wish we had more time. Jeff's new singles, you're talking about coming off the road, featuring Earl Slick and Paul Weller's band, streaming now, and the new album of yours is coming in March. Jeff, it's always a pleasure catching up, and uh, you've got one of the great websites, jeffslatehq.com. Otherwise, you pop up in the New Yorker, Esquire, Rolling Stone, the Daily Beast, all kinds of places. Buddy, take care and stay well. Nice talking to you. Can't get away from me, Jim. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. I love what Jeff said about the Stones' new album, that a lot of it is some of the best work they've ever done. And also that it sounds like there is so much more material, we may have another album from Mick and Keith. Well, that finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks for stopping by. See you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Yeah.